Hello and welcome to another episode of the Haskin Cast podcast. It is the day before Thanksgiving and it is time to bring you the second half of the Tommy Schaefer episode that we recorded like a month ago. But I had such great feedback on the first episode. Everybody loves Tommy. How can you not? He's an awesome guy. Lots of fun. Really knowledgeable. Uh, just, just one of those people that you just want to be around and hang out with as much as possible. Unfortunately, we haven't seen each other in person in years, but we're going to fix that at some point, whether it's on his boat or, uh, you know, here in Vegas or, or whatever. Uh, so that interview is going to be coming up in just a couple minutes. But I have a few things to talk to you about before we bring on Tommy. Let's get the sales going. There are some wonderful Black Friday sales in the music community that I want to let you know about. Audionamics, our dear friend Ellie, who we had on the show a while back, they are having a huge sale from November 27th through December 8th on both Extract Stems and IDC. And as all of you know, because I've said it over and over, I use IDC on every single podcast episode since last January. So when you listen to the episodes prior to January and you listen to the episodes after January 2019, you hear a big difference. That's because of Audionamics. Thank you guys very much. Uh, what else we have? We have our friends at Best Service, Wolfgang, and their uh, huge, humongous list of products that they carry. They also have a sale that is going on right now. Tons of deals on everything. Uh, I think some of Eduardo's uh, libraries are there as well. Uh, Eduardo was on the show not too long ago when we were talking about his new product in the Era line. Unbelievable stuff. And I'm really looking forward to seeing what he has for us this coming year that he's going to reveal at the NAMM show. Uh, but check out Best Service. They've got tons and tons of great, amazing products that they carry. Lots of incredibly killer deals going on over there. Uh, who else? My friend Martina. She told me about Sound Theory's sale over at Golf, uh, over at SoundTheory.com. Their Golfos EQ, G-U-L-L-F-O-S-S EQ, which is phenomenal is on sale and that is only going to be on sale from November 28th until December 3rd. So hurry up and get that. Hurry up and pick up Audionamics. I'm not sure how long uh, the best service sale is running, but it is running right now. So check those out. And I also happened to catch uh, myself a couple. Uh, CineSamples is having a big 50% off everything sale. They've got uh, some amazing products. And what I really love about these guys is they don't just hire people to come in and put samples down and leave. They actually pay them ongoing royalties from the sales of the products, products that they help create. And that is huge for uh, for the musicians in, in the Los Angeles area or wherever they fly them in from. Uh, check them out. They've got some great stuff. I have a couple of their products. The uh, Tina Guo cello line is fantastic. And if you uh, need any kind of cello, in your music, even if you don't, you do uh, go check out the Tina Guo sample libraries that they have as well. They've got, I think there's like the Legato library, another library, and then uh, like some specific articulations that they have uh, for the bundle, or you can get each one of them individually. Great deals uh, as the prices are, but at 50% off, you got to jump on that. And um, now I'm not, I find it hard to promote companies where I had problems with their politics, but at the same point as musicians, if they have great products, I got to tell you about them. East West has uh, a big 50%, uh, I'm sorry, 60% off sale going on on a lot of their products. Uh, my friend Yuanga Bold is a phenomenal vocalist and she did a, a just crystal clear, beautiful vocal library for them. They also have a new opera library out that I saw uh, previewed last year at NAMM. They've got some really good stuff. I use a lot of their stuff. 
um, and and problems that I've had with them personally aside that were from a few years ago, I have to say their products are absolutely top notch. Uh, I didn't really like the Play Engine when it came out. I really love it now. Um, of course, I'm using like four versions ago because I'm terrified to update. I'm always terrified to update things that are uh, sort of staples in my studio because if they go down and I can't fix them, then I'm out a lot of uh, productivity and cash. So uh, so I'm a little hesitant. It's nothing against them or their engine uh, specifically. I'm, I'm like that. I'm still on Windows 8.1 because I don't want to upgrade to 10 because I still see people in my uh, industry that use some of the same products I do that are having issues with it. So I don't want to do anything that slows down my progress. So I'm always very hesitant to upgrade. But that's a killer deal at 60% off. Check out Yuanga's library. It's absolutely amazing. I got to play it uh, at NAMM last year, and I was like, it just blown away. And she's got just such a brilliant, uh, very unique voice. And some of the voicings that they recorded were just, uh, you know, things you're not going to find anywhere else. So definitely check out all of those sales. They have some great, great stuff going on. Also, um, I have uh, modified my website a little bit as I have time now that the bulk of the website is done as I have time, I'm kind of picking away at uh, doing, you know, some upgrades and modifications and posting things that I didn't with the original. I got to hurry up and get this live. Uh, So uh, I appreciate those of you being patient with me as I'm trying to do that between all the other projects that I've got going. Uh, But I have added a couple of things on the Haskincast podcast page of my website. There is a donate button. So if you enjoy the show, if you find value in it, if you are interested in helping out with the show, uh, I would much appreciate that because I do this all on my own. There's no other editor. There's nobody that uh, books the guests and sets up all that. That's all me. Um, the cost of everything I incur out of pocket. So uh, if you guys donate, that helps me out with the cost. It helps me with the longevity of the podcast and it helps me getting closer to reaching that goal of 300 episodes that I am uh, really determined to reach one way or another. And uh, in conjunction with the uh, the IDC that uh, helps me clean up the podcast from Audionamics that I mentioned earlier in like every freaking show I've done since last January, uh, I am also looking at upgrading some of the other equipment. So uh, your donation helps go to that. It helps me go to the annual cost of keeping the podcasts on uh, the internet because if I don't pay, they pull them all out and that's the end of that. And I don't have, I don't think I have an easy way to do that on my website without taking up like a ridiculous amount of unorganized space to do it at this point. So uh, please feel free to hit that donate button. It's through PayPal, so it's secure and and all that. And uh, if you want to donate a dollar, five dollars, ten dollars, a thousand dollars, whatever you want to do is fine. I'm I'm accepting of it all. And one other very important uh, change I made, and this is uh, for the holiday season, because it's really kind of a holiday thing uh, that uh, that I'm doing. And I, I thought about this a few months ago. I reached out to my dear friend, Diana Davis at Movies Making a Difference. They help get people out of polygamous communities, out of this mind control shit and uh, and help them get to safe places where they're uh, free to learn how to make their own decisions, free to build their own life in their own way and not be controlled by people who want to brainwash them and keep them in check and, and keep, you know, women barefoot and pregnant and the men in power and all that thing, th- those things that happened. I'll tell you, I thought I understood the basics of a polygamous community. But it wasn't until Diana invited me to be a part of her new movie, Cult Cartel, where I play a very small role in the film. Um, I'm actually in the film as an actor, which was a, a very unique experience for me. But uh, but my my uh, the star of the film 
is this amazing young man. And basically they're telling his story. And I was blown away by all the things that, uh, you know, when, when we met, we had dinner and he was telling me about the, you know, the inside reality of all of this. And it's just, it's God awful. And no one should have to live that way. No one should have to live in in any way other than uh, living a good, healthy life that is a positive thing for the world and uh, doesn't hurt other people, just kind of uh, e- either sustains or builds where we're at to something better, helps people, uh, does things that they enjoy, but doesn't do anything that's uh, harmful to others. That's what everybody deserves. They deserve the opportunity to have that. And the things that I learned about what goes on behind those walls was just it was shocking. I mean, having a basic understanding of it and thinking, oh, yeah, you know, I kind of know what that is. No, you don't. Not until you've heard it firsthand from somebody that's that's actually lived it. And uh, so I, uh, I, I'm I a character in the movie. I have a very small role in uh, just a couple of scenes, but it was an honor to be a part of that. So what anyway, what I'm doing is uh, I've got a, a bunch of CDs left from the uh, Mental Sauna 3 Christmas Inflections album, and uh, I'm putting them on sale uh, on the site the physical copies of the CD. They're $10 uh, with $2 shipping. And uh, for everyone that's purchased, five of that $10 goes straight to Movies Making a Difference. I want to help them uh, help people, you know, help them get out of these uh, situations. They've also helped prosecute some of these leaders and gotten them out of power, gotten them imprisoned, and uh, where they can't really hurt people uh, the way that they have been. So uh, I'm not saying they won't find other creative ways to do it. That's always possible. But they're not uh, in in the power that they were in, and they're being punished for their actions. And I'm I'm so grateful for people that uh, just make huge changes in people's lives. I've met some of the people that Diana saved, and um, they're just incredible people. I'm very honored to know them. So let's help her, help others, and then uh, also I have uh, posted in the show notes an Amazon link to Amazon Smile that goes through movies making a difference. Now, if you want to do a twofer. Here's where it can get really cool. You follow that link, right? You go through Amazon Smile, and then you go to Chase McKenna's link to where you can donate to help her fight homelessness, or as I like to say, help people find shelter. And uh, you can, uh, so you can get, you know, money to Diana for helping them. They get like, I think it's 2% of the purchase goes to them. And then if you spend your money uh, helping Chase, then you're helping Diana and you're helping Chase and subsequently all the people that they help. So uh, while I'm not a big fan of organized charity, because so much of that goes to administrative costs and that sort of thing, um, I really believe in these two people. I think the things that they're doing and all the people that work with them to make these things happen uh, they're just, it, it's amazing to me how uh, big hearted and, and helpful they are to people. So let's help them. So those links are in the show notes. The uh, link for the Mental Sauna uh, Christmas Inflections album is on the front page of my website. And it is the first thing that you see past the opening logo. As soon as you scroll down, you'll see the uh, icon for the Christmas album and the link to PayPal to make that purchase. And uh, that I will be running through, uh, well, I'll just say the end of the year, even though you know, it, it's only like a few days after Christmas. So I'll run that till the end of the year. And then if you want to donate to her directly, there is a link to the moviesmakingadifference.org website and you can click on that. And she also has a link for donations if you would like to help her as well. So uh, that is all the stuff I have coming up. Tomorrow is Thanksgiving. Tonight, we talk to Tommy. It's mobile rig is going to become very important to him very soon as you start 
a new chapter in your life that I'm very excited about for you. You're going out to sea. Hi, sir. I love that. <laughs> I'm sorry. I talked I talk over you in the very beginning of that. So if you want to restay that, oh, I'm no, so I'll sorry. Just, but I'll, I, lo- I just mute you out when I don't like what you're saying. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Oh, that's right. You're recording your own ISO, aren't you? Yeah, oh, yeah we're fantastic. not live. Ah, I forgot about that. Oh, my God. I, look, I learned audio on this call. See, see, and that is the difference between the way that you do sound for film, unless you're doing like uh, uh, lav mics, where you might have one person in one channel and another person in another channel, and you have absolute, a- actual separation uh, between the two, and you can edit and mix it. Uh, that's how I do the podcast. So I've got the mic going into one channel of my mixer. I've got the phone output going into another channel of my mixer. One's pan left, one's pan right, so that it goes to my audio interface on two separate channels and into the computer. So I have full editing capability uh, because I've isolated like your voice and my voice into two separate tracks. That's perfect. That is the way to do it. Yeah. Yeah. I, that's why. That's the only thing I love about labs on set. They're usually... A giant nightmare to, and more of a more of a, a, a headache than than but man it's yeah it's 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 second to none you to have that ISO track on your on your talent yeah and be able to so yeah I always record I got ISOs on all the labs and then I drop all the labs down to the right in a right mix and then the boom is on its own ISO and then I do a, a little fader bump and send that down to the left of the mix and uh, and yeah. Yeah. So similar, similar to what you're doing, but. And then you just have the guy in the airplane record his own audio and send it to you. I do. I do. <laughs> yeah, and, uh, I knew it. So uh, I, dude, I'm God. so excited, man. I mean, I know that this, uh, this has been a passion of yours for a long time, but what, uh, what was the kind of tilting point that, that made you turn it from an idea or a dream into a reality? Like, where did you go? You know what? Enough. I'm doing this. That is a fantastic question, and I really need to work on the elevator pitch. It's short; it gets shorter every time. But <laughs> but, uh, but 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 there's a lot that goes into it. And so, as as Winston Churchill once said, uh, "Give me ten minutes to prepare, and I'll and and I'll talk for an hour. Give me an hour to prepare, and I will talk for ten minutes." Right? Yeah. <laughs> so that's, that's where I struggle. But well, you got four seconds. So no. <laughs> Tick tock. Um, so. I'm not getting any younger, right? And uh, I'm in my, I'm in the range of age that that most have their their midlife crisis. And I had a few. And the real short version is I had a few few big things happen in life that got me thinking about the mortality of stuff and and the and the 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 discreet amount of time, discreet not discreet as in secret, but discreet as in set uh, of of time that you have on the face of the planet and thinking like, what, what am I going to be most disappointed myself for not doing before I check out, mm. you know, watching a lot of people, watching a lot of people, go, you know, die too early. We're losing a lot of friends. Too. And like, so, so one of those things was, I love the idea of opening a restaurant and, and, and managing, like just the, enjoying the social aspect of, of people coming over and, and sharing food with me. But, and, and the more I thought about that, I thought, um, I love everything about the restaurant except the actual running a restaurant part. And I know that's difficult because people do it and it's bloody murder. It's, it's harder than any films that we've ever worked on. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and, 
So you don't get to be that the owner and come out and say hello to your patrons until you're 10 years into a process like that. So, sure. so I, I quickly thought, uh, I quickly just, was, I quickly became okay with uh, checking out of this planet and not, not checking that off the bucket list. But one thing that, that kept happening on the shoulder and lots of different little instances was this thing that I thought was, for third people, I thought it was for rich people. I thought it was inaccessible, and that was sailing on the ocean, like a pirate, so like a Viking. And it actually got, you know, aside from those three big things that happened in life that that got me contemplating the existence and whatnot. One of the other things I was doing was watching the series, the History Channel series called Vikings. It's a fictional show, but it's based on real real Vikings, and I could not watch that show without wanting to be at sea. And I have zero experience sailing. I didn't grow up on boats. I didn't grow up around boats. Um, so there's something deep in the DNA that I've yet to figure out that that was calling. But anyway, skipping ahead through the get past the visceral emotional calling part of it and, and get down to when I uh, started Executing and trying to figure out how to how to do this, and a friend of mine uh, had recently posted on his Facebook world uh, about having just won a race at Lake Pleasant and you know, on a sailboat. And I reached out to this guy and I said, "Oh my God, I've been thinking about sailing. I see that you're sailing. Uh, tell me, where can I call to learn this? I don't know why I'm talking Valley Girl." But I reached out to my friend Dave. I reached out to my friend Dave and and uh, and. Uh, with the intent of finding out where, where do I go for more information? What can I do to learn about this seemingly inaccessible thing? Um, like five hours and a hundred messages later, I realized Dave was the place to go because he wouldn't shut up about it. He was so <laughs> excited to tell me everything and anything he knew. Um, so it wasn't a matter. I didn't want him to enjoy but he was so helpful and just, a fire hose of of, his, uh, of 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 his experience and, and how he does it and what he does and and, and so I started and I went out with him and that sealed the deal like being out on a boat with him especially our first trip over to San Diego mm-hmm. um, and I learned that for and this is see how this is not the elevator pitch version but it's the one but but uh, he he showed me that. For about two hundred dollars, you can rent a sailboat that holds four people very comfortably to sleep in, and uh, and sail like like a, like a racing boat. Um, there's this little place we we go to over to Diego. So anyway, I think it was the twenty seven for Catalina that you get for about one hundred and ten dollars, and that's a twenty three hour rental. So that's basically a, a day, a full day, not just a, a day when the sun is out day. Wow, that I never, I would have never imagined that that would be that inexpensive, right? And now, so so that alone was was pleasing to the financial palate uh, to learn that. But when I went and experienced it, we are we we take the boat out of Harbor Island, which is walking distance from the airport. So I mean, it is as rock star as you get. We take a little bag, a duffel bag, we. Get on a Southwest flight in Phoenix. We fly to San Diego. You land. You walk to the marina. Walk on your boat. You take the boat out. 
you sail from Harbor Island to downtown San Diego, and you we we tie up at the Hyatt or the Marriott uh, Marriott Marina, and the Marriott is like the cheapest room is like five hundred and ninety eight dollars a night, um, wow. and and we're we're basically sleeping on a sailboat in the marina at the base of the hotel. So sure, the hotel is the view, and we get and, and you're not in the hotel and experiencing it, but that's where it gets even better. We by renting from this this uh, this rental company that we went through, they they had a, a partnership with the hotel where you can go in and use the the pool and use the hot tub. So we get all the amenities of the hotel, and we're paying uh, two hundred dollars a night divided by four people mm-hmm. for our room, and our room floats, and our room is our entertainment for the following day. Right? <laughs> so yeah. Like, Best trip ever. <laughs> and then when you get bored of that, you get to go walk to all the restaurants in, in the club district and, and do whatever people that do things on land do. It was it was just a trip that and, and that's the glamorous part of the sailing. There's there's all this other wonderful thing about I mean you're on a a sailboat is a is a floating piece of engineering and magic and everything about it is fascinating and, and just the way sails work is aerospace engineering and magic and and the, the the engine and the and the down just it's just how can you not love it? <laughs> it's yeah, like, for sure. Unless you get seasick, right? That's a bummer. Yeah, yeah. Because I mean, you know, you can you can sleep, but the fact is, the boat's going to be moving. It's going to be bobbing up and down in the water at a very minimum. So you have to be able to handle that. But as long as you can, I would imagine that would be an incredibly peaceful way to sleep. It was it, the sleeping at the at the docks is one thing. They're pretty. They're very mellow because you're you're in protected water and you're around a lot of boats. So all of that, just like we were talking earlier about sound waves being absorbed, you're a lot of that. Uh, those waves are absorbed. But I will tell you, one of the most wonderful sleeps that I ever had was my first more uh, a more a mooring is uh, uh, basically a floating ball that you sail up to and tie onto mm-hmm. it's not at a dock it's like a big piece of concrete that's thrown down sitting on the base of the ocean and it's tied, connected to a chain and then there's a ball that you tie your boat to that oh, so it, it's like anchoring without your anchor but the best that i ever had was at catalina island at a little cove called emerald, the emerald bay or emerald cove i never remember um we'll have to line or note that one too but but it was open to the ocean so we're feeling the waves and the swell of the ocean and and i set up my hammock between the the mast and the, the head stay so and i slept in that for a good bit of the night and oh my gosh uh if you want good sleep <laughs> that's it that's it right there oh i can imagine i i'm i'm a huge fan of of the ocean and I only get out there once a year, you know, typically when I go to the uh, the NAM show in, in Anaheim in January, I go out a day early and I spend uh, that at Newport Beach. But uh, there is definitely something about the water that for me is so rejuvenating and relaxing and calming all at the same time. And for some people, it's the woods, like they love to camp. That's their, that's their getaway. But my jam is the ocean, man. I, I just, I love it. But... Uh, I actually have a, a, the only thing that I have a fear of is a fear of the water. So it's really kind of interesting that I like I love being on a boat 
I love being on the shore and I'll let the waves come up to maybe like my waist, but I won't go out in the ocean. Like I won't swim in it. Right. I'm not, I'm pretty similar to where you are. And a lot of people not make fun of me, but they, they get a crowd of it. Cause like, how could you be a sailor and be afraid of the water? But my, my, my retort is, well, you know, why, why be a good swimmer and a good sailor? You just have to be one or the other. That's true. <laughs> right? That's very true. Stay on the boat. The, the first rule is stay on the boat. And so, yeah, I also have a, a bit of a fear of that, that. The first time I was in a kayak in the ocean and, and felt that swell, holy bleep, that feel tiny, like a speck of cosmic dust. <laughs> and and just this overwhelming fear in my gut where, like, oh my God, anything can happen. There's sharks below me. They're going to eat me. And, and uh, I'm going and, and to die. And paddle, 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 <laughs> get me back to shore. Right. So yeah. Think, but man, on a big boat, and, and, and you get a little bit of that uh, sense, that false sense of safety. Not even false. Like, if you're doing all the right things, it is very, very safe. Safer than flying, safer than driving. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah, as I've learned nothing. the last couple of days. But, uh, the uh, the thing for me is that I'm not afraid of water. Like it's not like I can't take a bath or a shower or or be near the water. Like I said, I mean I'll walk along the shore. It's it's being in uh, an amount of water that doesn't have a bottom that I can touch. So like I'm okay in the boat, but if I were to go like diving, I don't necessarily yeah. think I could do that. I might be more comfortable because I have a breathing apparatus. I I might be okay snorkeling. I'm not sure. But yeah, but just being like in the water and, and not having something I could just push off of to get back to the surface quickly, uh, for some reason that uh, that kind of affects me. Yeah, I could I could absolutely relate to that because that is that's I mean, when it's infinity below your feet, that's pretty that's intimidating. as heck. <laughs> Yeah. And I mean, I might not want to sail over the Mariana Trench. That might be a silly thing for me to kind of push that envelope a little bit, but uh, right. But, but what is it that you're like? What's your goal? What is it that you're actually doing? Because yes, I mean you you love sailing, but you have a whole purpose here. Ah, uh, yes, that's a great. And yet another great question. I love. Oh man, we're at the two hour mark, and it's going to be three. <laughs> <laughs> um. So the the purpose is is multifold. I'm not sure how many. If I say two or three, um, one. And, and the most selfish one is is uh, the getting out of my current situation, and that is not situation, but my like I've, I've come to the end of another career, so to speak. You know, I've I've, I've had great jobs in aerospace. I've, I've I've had great runs as an improv actor, and now engineering. It's great, but uh, it, I'm I'm at that been there, done that part of the rope, and and ready for something new. And boy, it, it, the, the midlife crisis resonates as well and that next thing it just needs to be big you know and it needs to be adventurous and it and uh and yeah so there's that but i I also i see a lot of people out there doing cruising full time and you know i've people at this most recent uh show that we've been to here in maryland the the annapolis boat so let cruisers who left their home in 2008 for instance one particular family um, and they haven't returned. <laughs> They've been wow. on the boat since 2008, going from place to place to place. And that, that is something I want to do, and I love it. But and, and, and a lot of these families and even couples or even single people are documenting these trips on YouTube, and, and that's great. And I also want to do that. But like, 
I, I want to do something bigger and I want to, to give back to the planet and the earth and humankind in a way that I haven't done yet in this life. And mm-hmm. so that's the other phase of the, of the new adventure and new company. And, and so it, the, the, I've named the company Sailing for Good because the intent is to go cruising like these families for an indeterminate amount of time. So Sailing for Good as in we're, we're doing this from now on to eternity, but also for good or for the good or for kindness. Um, so it, the model that is a, it's a nonprofit model that that we, we make income on simple charters or, or, or anything that you can do, you know, foundation grants, blah, 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 but grow the company and become a company that can give this opportunity to people who wouldn't have had the chance otherwise, whether it be a socioeconomic reason keeping them from it or, or a physical disability or, or, you know, akin to the, some of the big things that, or scares that kicked me into this mode and, uh, and going and, and investigating the sailing to begin with is making it available to cancer survivors or patients go, going through cancer treatment or family members who have lost people to cancer. And, you know, I had a little, one of the three big things that I mentioned earlier, one of those was a cancer scare. And I'm one of the lucky people. And my scare was completely tiny compared to people who have gone through, you know, major uh, cancer treatment. Mm-hmm. I, I went and got a simple uh, skin check that I had, had been putting off for many, many, many years. And the doctor found a little, a little spot that we had a dig in and, and cut away. Well, that was fine and, and totally nothing, but it happened 17 more times over Whoa. and over and over again. Yeah. And every time it was maybe this time it's melanoma and not just a basal cell. Maybe this time it's melanoma and not the squamous cell, you know, and so, but every so every time that sucked, but then on the other side of the biopsy, it was cool. You just come in and get seven stitches again, uh, but you're not going to die. <laughs> but it happened over and over yeah. again. Like you know what? I like I can't imagine what it's like for people who fought the disease that can kill them. You know, not just fought getting the news. Yeah, over so many times, you're going to be like sooner or later. If, if I keep having to go through this sooner or later, it's going to be something that I do have to worry about because that's got it. Those, the odds just have to be playing in your head at some point. Yeah. Yeah. And well, you're so many things you make up in your head, like, well, if they're finding this many, that has to be a result or a manifestation of something deeper beneath that they're just going to find later. Just, Oh my God, we we're all dying and we'll make up the worst story around it. When, when you get close to it like that. So, right. Yeah. Yeah. That, that was one of, one of the three big things that, that come. And that was probably the biggest personally that was just like, dude, sailing is pretty neat. You should probably give it a go before you go. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Oh, for sure. Yeah. But why do you think, why does it take something so extreme to get us to do something? Oh my gosh, I don't know. But if the, the second we solve that, we're, we are, we're on to something huge. But you're right. Like, why does it take this drastic thing to like, you know, even like, and you know, one of the other things I, I see friends, friends in the film industry. There's a guy who, who was fighting his, 
alcohol addiction by going sailing. And but why does it take why does it take a scare or a brush with death to, to address your alcoholism? Or why does it take yeah. a, a car accident that 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 makes you realize that you could have been gone at that moment to to be kinder to people day to day? Like, damn it, why does it take such a big thing? to make big things happen. I don't know. Well, yeah. And, and the worst part is for most people, I think it's fleeting. It's like in the moment of tragedy and, and in the wake of, you know, realizing what happened, people get motivated to do things, but then life starts to creep back in the way. And we just go back to whatever we were doing before the event. And I mean, to me, the fact that we have a finite amount of time on this earth to do whatever we're going to do I guess I, to me, that's motivation enough. Like I want to do as many, I want to put out as many good things into the world as I can while I'm still here to do it. That's huge. Cause you're, you're just hit the nail on the head and that's the, all of these other things were big fights, but I tell you what, one of the bigger fights is staying on course mm-hmm. and holding fast. As we say in the sailing community, there's a great, there's another great podcast that you have to start listening to. If you haven't, it's very sailing specific, but it's called on the wind guy uh andy shell uh-huh. and his wife mia uh their their catchphrase at the end is until next time hold fast uh, uh he's yeah. actually from a town right next to my hometown too and i got to meet him at the boat show and it's fantastic and and he's a cool dude he's like you and i feel like we could be friends and it's that that's another thing in sailing community it's just like the film community it's just like the improv community do you have this instant family yeah all throughout the world because you share this this passion for this one thing but anyway, my point was the the real fight is holding fast on this course of keep remember that energy you felt when you had that third doctor visit where you thought this was the one. Right. Uh, you know, it's I'm now clear and it's been six months and I'm fine and I don't have the scare anymore. I'm so and you glad you're selling that. into that's very yeah oh yeah you that's that is a good thing. But man, do you settle into the monotony of life now? Everything's cool. I could yeah. just go. <laughs> Stop! I gotta, I gotta keep the energy of that, that impending doom to to, <laughs> to get stuff done. You know. Well, it's it, it's almost like your adrenaline goes. Okay, I don't have to pump for a while until the next thing happens, and then we don't have that drive. And you know, I, there, there's probably more to it than just adrenaline. I mean, there's the emotional side and all that too. But it, it's almost like the you know the engine of your car goes. Okay, we reached the destination. I don't have to run anymore. I can wait until you know he needs me again. And in the meantime, I'll cool down. I'll just sit here and I'll wait. And then the next time and, something happens, I'll be yeah. ready to go. But we, right. we need to learn how to keep that motor running all the time if we're going to accomplish anything. And I and I realize that there's a lot of people that are perfectly happy to just go to work and come home and have dinner and watch TV and go to bed and do it again the next day and then maybe do something fun on the weekend. But for people that have, I guess, uh, a bit of a desire beyond that, something that they want to accomplish or want to do, um, the only way it's going to happen is if we make it happen. Right, right. So I'm glad that you're doing this for sure. But I really want to see if you can find a way to record underwater. Right, right. Well, if anything, before we figure out recording underwater, I'll tell you this: I, I cannot wait to rig up as many mics as possible and uh, just and, and record the. There's so many beautiful sounds out there. Just to, ah, the one of the moments where I realized, like, yeah, this is a thing for me. Um, and I, I think any sailor will tell you this: the moment of any sail, um, 
is uh, most of the larger boats have inboard diesel engines. And in crowded marinas like the San Diego Marina that we go to often, um, there's multiple marinas. But, so any, any of them are a good example. You're, uh, there is a crowded space, and sailing in a, in a tight space is not only difficult, it's, it's near impossible to do without uh, damaging things. So anyway, you have to use your engine to, to motor out of the marina. And then there's a, a dotted line on your chart or, a, you know, the local sailor of the area where, you know, sails are allowed to be used again. Uh, but usually we, we motor out pretty into an open area and, uh, and then you point your boat into the wind, you hoist those sails and the engine is still running. So you still have some steerage. Uh, but then once you get your sails up and they fill up, you turn the boat and they fill with some wind, you cut that engine. And that moment is just heavenly. Uh, when the only sound you hear is the boat cutting through the water. Because once you get that sail set, right, or the boat pointing the proper way in the wind, they're not flapping anymore either. They're filled with wind and they're pushing you along. And all you hear is that hull cutting through the water under its own power, its own power being the power you share with the earth. And just believe in awesome. Oh, <laughs> I can imagine. Yeah, I mean, I've only been out on a boat a couple of times. Once I was very young, and then once uh, I took one of those, you know, commercial boat trips around the San Diego Bay, which was uh, which was really nice. But you know, you're we're with a bunch of people. There's no uh, relaxing and really enjoying the moment. It's a tour. Um, but I can imagine um, just that because uh, I, I used to do that when I would go into the mountains when I lived in Colorado is, you know, you drive to a certain point and then you get to where you want to go and you shut the engine off and you just enjoy the beautiful view of, you know, overlooking the city or wherever you're at. So I could kind of yeah, you hear the wind. Yeah. You could hear that wind to the top of the pine trees and mm-hmm. the, the leaves rustle at your feet. Yeah, I know that moment. That's awesome. Yeah, exactly. So I think I would imagine that that's like the land version of what you're talking about. But yeah, that's that's just it. Those are those euphoric moments that we live for, and that you know when we think, man, I just I'm not going to be able to do it, or I'm going to have to delay it, or this or that, or I I'm, I don't have the energy. Like we think about those moments, and we find that gear right that gets us to that point. And that's what makes it all worth it. And then you look back and you go, yeah, I'm, I'm glad I pushed through. Yeah, it's so true. Yeah. And what I'm finding, and now it's partly is part of this calling, thanks to my friend Dave. I mean, earlier, in this, hopefully it makes your edit, but earlier I mentioned how I, my friend Dave showed me this, like this secret vacation you could take for 200 bucks, like all in week for the weekend sail a boat for all day and sleep in it and, and, and use the hotel pool. <laughs> wow. so cheap. And for the thing that I thought was so inaccessible and I thought sailing was for rich white boys. And, you know, technically in the whole other world, in the academic world of sailing for sport in colleges, it is relatively corrupt and it's only for rich people. And, and now that's all been brought to light through this recent uh, academic Admitting admission scandal. That, <laughs> there's a whole other, whole other podcast. Um, that there's a whole there's there's two types of sailing. It's the rich people who have other people sail the boat for them, and then it it's I mean it's like us hippies on the water. It's just camping. It's it's van like it's the van life, but for the water. You know, it's people live in vans down by the river. That was a joke when we were growing up on Saturday Night Live. But yeah. it's it's a it's a whole. 
the genre of of lifestyle and people now. Yeah. <laughs> there's, there's tons and tons and tons of Instagram feeds you you can find. Uh, so it's the same with sailing. It's just a floating van, and but all the amenities inside and down both on sailboat are exactly the same. You just have a whole new way of driving and a whole set of rules that you have to learn, um, and, and also stay on the boat. You, you know you can't. You can't step out. You know you can step out of the van and go pee on the side of the road, but you—that's you know, different in a boat. <laughs> so, yes, yes. Uh, <laughs> you don't really want to step too far, but that first one's definitely a doozy. And for guys like you and I, right. uh, it could be deadly. It really could be, and yeah. But I'll tell you—I'll tell you a story about me. That uh, I hadn't been to the ocean, I think, but but once maybe no i think it was just once and uh i had gone with a friend of mine we went to uh huntington beach for a couple of days and we get to the beach and i'm sitting there in the sand and i'm just watching the waves roll in kind of ignoring everything around me like really just enjoying the water and i start getting this thought in my head about i wonder how much a boat costs and how could i make like a mobile studio where i can keep writing but I don't really have to live anywhere. I can just live in my boat and maybe catch enough fish or something to to pay my way. Like how how would how feasible is this? And then I came to and I'm like, I'm never going to do that. That's just it's just being caught up in the moment. But you're doing it like you're that's what you're doing. I'm here to change your mind for the second time. You, if you could see the giant smile on my face hearing you say all of that, because that's exactly what I want to do. Yeah, and and I still haven't decided if it's. Like, what do I do to keep the income going? Is it writing music? I'm not making music, let alone making money in that. So maybe that's probably not going to happen. But, I mean, you could feasibly and easily, many people are doing it, uh, you know, like my other way of making income is, is building websites for people and doing doing website maintenance and, and search engine optimization and all that bits and bytes nonsense. And that's, People laugh. They're like, how are you going to do that on a boat? I'm like, well, I'm going to point the boat towards a marina with Wi-Fi. I'm going to tie a cleat hitch on the cleat dot, dot cleat, and I'm going to sit for yeah. hours on end. I'm going to do it. It's really it's not as hard as it sounds. I really promise you. Um, and there's financial things there because, you know, when you're staying on the hook or you're on a mooring and or you're out sailing, that's free, man. Uh, take the, the fees you have to pay to get into a country and, and, and be legal, blah, blah, blah. All of those are can be expensive, but certainly mitigated and planned for. But um, in a marina, there's daily, if not monthly, fees for parking it. But my oh, goodness, yeah. I've, I've got a huge mortgage and a huge amount of that mortgage is interest right now. Interest right. is just getting – it's just me – Paying, it's it's a, a it's rent on money, you know. It's just as me yeah. saying, I can't, I can't, I don't have this in cash, but so I will rent this money from the bank so that I could get this house. That's just money in the wind. And when I did some of the real stuff math, it will be cheaper, not including the cost of the boat, because that's completely variable. That could be anywhere from a boat I was just looking at today for thirty nine ninety five, three thousand nine hundred ninety five dollars. To anywhere up to three hundred, four hundred, five hundred thousand dollars, sure. depending on the kind of boat. So, so ignore the cost of the boat and just look at the cost of, of living. Um, easily cheaper to to be parked at a marina for seven hundred bucks a month in San Diego, or you know three hundred bucks a month in a in a smaller marina in the Northern California or 
or the storm-ridden Pacific Northwest. That's probably 50 <laughs> bucks a month because, yeah. because it's the graveyard of the Pacific. No one wants to be there. <laughs> but anyway, you can find it. Better get some more of those uh, cotton cloths there if you're going to move up that way. <laughs> yes, but, that's, but that's a good yeah. point. And you know, with technology growing as quickly as it is, I wouldn't doubt that there will be better options for people that are at sea for being able to connect to the internet, whether it be something that allows you to connect to a satellite or just pick up signal or from, from space or something like that, you know, kind of like a, a roaming yeah. Wi-Fi. I mean, we had satellite phones. We have those. That's kind of a, you know, was the first for cell phone technology. The internet portion has got to follow at some point. You're 100% right. And uh, it's a mandatory item to have. If you're doing offshore passages, you want to have a sat phone. And uh, one of the channels I follow on YouTube, shout out to Follow the Boat, um, Jamie and Liz of Follow the Boat. It's, it's a great channel. And I only bring this up. Because um, there's a bunch of other channels that I love, 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 and we could shout that out in the liner notes too. But um, these, uh, Jamie is a total nerd, and he self-proclaimed nerd, and he loves it. But he, he, I just saw a Facebook post of an, a drone shot, an aerial shot of his of his awesome boat named Esper. Um, it's a catch rig, gorgeous, gorgeous offshore sailing, blue water sailing boat. Um, so it's a drone shot in crystal blue water somewhere in the China Pacific. Um, I don't even know if I'm saying that right, but it's, it's, it's not like a day sail in San Diego by any stretch. They've right, been yeah. far, far away for a long time. Anyway, in, in the little, there's a one sentence uh, right up in the post. Usually they put they more, but the, what's, what's fantastic and unique about this post is he, he tweaked his onboard gear and computer and whatnot and Twitter and who knew who to what's it's and, and, and Insta chat and whatever's that he can now take a drone shot of his, of his boat and upload it to Facebook, make a, a, a quick, short couple of character posts it's all through his fat phone. So he's in the middle of the freaking Pacific ocean wow. and posted to Facebook. <laughs> yeah, so usually it's expensive to do that, but I don't know what he did. I have to, you have to, you have to dig into that and you have to cut out my rambling here because I'm, I'm excited. And I love the passion that you, that you speak through when you're talking about this, that, that, you know, it just shows how much all this means to you, which of course, you know, that's awesome. But I like, so the technology is there to be able to do this. Now it's a matter of, okay, what can we do to make it more uh, efficient? What can we do to bring costs down and make this something that more people can do when they're out at sea, that sort of thing. Um, Because I think it would be interesting to, be able to like live cast when you're out in the middle of the ocean and just like be able to look around and see that there's nothing around you, that you're totally at peace, you know, and, and, uh, to be able to do that live stream would be pretty sweet. That would be really, really sweet. Yeah. And you, you remind me of a very interesting piece of trivia that I learned by watching the Volvo ocean race. It's another whole world of sailing. That's like pushing the envelope of, of human capacity, um, but they, it's a nine month race, 48,000 miles all around the globe in 60 foot vessels that go up to 30 knots and can sail in 70 knots of wind. It's just ridiculous what they can do. Mm-hmm. Anyway, during this fantastic, uh, race, I, some of the trivia that talk about throughout the announcers talk about during the, the, the race, they, they were at a point called Point Nemo. It's in the South Pacific. Um, it's the, the most remote place on planet Earth, uh, in the water. I'm 
I guess uh, of all, there's no water than land. Anyway, when you're at Point Nemo, you are closer to the humans in the International Space Station than you are to any humans on a landmass anywhere near you. When it goes over you, too. Not not only, like, well, I guess that's when it would be the closest when it's directly overhead. But yeah, the dudes in the space station are closer than anyone on land. So uh, that's a test, a, a testament to how like prepared you got to be to do something like this. Not that and we all go to Point Nemo and just hang out and drink margaritas there. Right. But when you're out there, you want to know some things like first aid. You want to know some things like when my engine stops, what do I do to figure out <laughs> yeah. why? You got to know some shit. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Well, I mean, it's it's kind of like, you know, when you're uh, recording sound in the wind, you got to know how to combat it or the rain. You have to know what to do. and. Just like anything else, I mean, you need to you need to really know your stuff, especially now with this, because now you're talking about survival. You know, it's, right, if right. your engine cuts out and you can't, you know, you're not just going to be able to paddle forty eight thousand miles back to shore. <laughs> not anytime right. soon. Although I did, meet, I did meet a lady who did a kayak trip. She was handicapped. She's in a wheelchair, and I don't, I don't know exactly what her physical condition was, but she kayaked from Los Angeles to Hawaii. Wow. Yeah, it was, I think nine, I want to say it was nine days. I can't, I, I, it's been a long time since I talked to her, but I want to say it was like a nine day journey and, and she had a boat following her for, for safety, but she literally was in the kayak the whole time. And I'm like, but there's sharks between here and there. There's, you know, dealing with food and going to the bathroom and you're just in this little kayak. Right. You got to exercise, you got to move your body, you know, but she had like up, she had arms like Popeye, man. She just from, I would imagine the <laughs> upper body strength it would take to go even a few miles, let alone nine days of that. And then yeah, sleeping and, and you know, you're floating off. What if you float off in the wrong direction? Now you got to get up and do all that again. And it's so many factors, but I total props to somebody who's willing to do that. That's insane. Yeah. That's pretty crazy. That's a, uh... Out of my that's out of my league for sure. That, yeah. I'm pretty sure that's in the range of 4,500 miles. Yeah, and she was so casual about it too. She's like, "Yeah, I, I just you know I decided it would be a fun thing to do, and I just wanted to see if I could do it." So I got some sponsors. And I had the boat, you know, and everything was behind me in case anything happened. Like just, just telling me like, yeah, I went to the grocery store and I decided I didn't want muffins. I thought I'd bake something myself. And so I got an instant cake mix and I didn't really like it. Like, I mean, it was just so casual conversation. And I'm like, but you kayaked from LA to Hawaii. That's insane. Yeah. And you ask, you ask someone like that, like, why did you do that? Well, well, because kayaking from Los Angeles to the Philippines was too far. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's right. That's right. That's the mindset of people like that. My love for koala bears was not as strong as my desire to eat fresh pineapple. So. Right, right. Like, I wanted to go farther, but. <laughs> well, you know, seriously, man, from the bottom of my heart, I wish you the absolute best. I'm so proud of you for, for really trying to not just talk about your dreams, but actually go for it and give it everything that you have. And, you know, you're, you're doing things from a very intelligent point of view, instead of just going, well, I'm just going to get a boat and I'll figure it out as I go. I mean, you're, you learned about it. Incidentally, I will pat myself on the back because I know what a cleat is and I know almost nothing about the nautical world. What, um, sorry, the, that, what, what did you say the first part? A, a cleat. Oh, <laughs> nice. 
Oh, that's a great thing to know anything. That's an important thing. To but me. to tile, yeah, because that would save my life if my engine died 48,000 miles away from civilization. But the only reason I know that, and this is where we come full circle and a perfect note to end this on, is that I learned that from the movie Jaws. Oh, no way. Yeah, because they, they shoot the barrels and then uh, Quint has them tie the rope around the cleat so that they can start uh, pulling the shark into the, into the, to the shore and drown it. Um, but of course, the, the oh, shark right. is far too strong and he rips the cleats out and uh, Hooper nearly gets bisected by the rope and, and all that. Oh, spoiler alert, by the way. But <laughs> oh, so, right, right. Oh my goodness, that's brilliant. That's a brilliant tie-in and connection to the back to the film world, and and it's cool. And you know, and that's hard to do because uh, there's not sailing being true to the sport and true to the science and engineering of the of sailing. There's no, there's not a lot of good sailing movies out there, and the ones that are out there. It's always like, oh, that's so Hollywood that like, that's not realistic. What's happening right now? Like, yeah, so it's great that you could pull it. There are always disaster movies, though, like uh, um, White Squall or uh, Perfect Storm, you know, or something like right, There's right. not a lot of movies about, oh, this family went out on a boat trip and nothing happened and they came home and had a good time because who would watch that? <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's what YouTube is for. <laughs> that's right. Right. And I do invite you and all of your listeners to go just in this, in this journey that I took when I first started doing this. I thought, wait a minute, I have all this film experience. I, I'm comfortable on stage. And I have engineering background, uh, and I have this love for sailing, and I, and so all I need is a camera. I got all the sound gear. I'm going to document this whole adventure on YouTube because certainly no one is doing that. Yeah, right. Uh, just, and then go, you went to YouTube. Let me go hop over to YouTube and see if there's <laughs> one or two. Yeah, the 895 sailing channels later, there's still new ones coming out today. Uh, yeah, it's it's a saturated market. Not where I'm going to make my money, but I, I'm going to record some things and share. Right, but uh, it's I'm you know not... what I think everything is a saturated market these days, just because the technology is so accessible these days. But it's not about. It, it's just like you know, Taylor Swift could say, "Well, there's already a bunch of people recording music, and they're they're all you know, there's hundreds of thousands of pop artists." But the fact is, is that there's something different about her that really attracts a huge number of people. Maybe there's going to be something different about the way that you do it that catches someone's eye and it goes viral. If you have the inclination to do it, don't let the saturation, don't let challenges get in your way. Do it. Maybe you'll connect with a ton of people. Maybe you'll connect with one person and, ch and change their life. You never know. Sir, that just laid the goosebumps down the neck. <laughs> That's yes. exactly right, though. It's, it, and it, we'll tie it out right back in the film. There's like there's a bazillion films out there too, uh, and there's only seven basic plots. Yeah, but just make your film and make what are you? What's your story? And six of them start out with horny guy finds a girl, and then <laughs> it just goes bad from there. Right. Yeah. So there it is. Just tell, if we tell our story, you do what you love. Like you said, if one or a hundred and one or a million and one join in. Uh, it's it's all wonderful. Exactly. Now, do you have a YouTube channel set up already? I do, I do, and I only have a few test videos up there. But I, but uh, I hope to be putting some real content up there real soon. That's what and, I thought. Well, we're going to have that link in the show notes so that you guys can follow Tommy's amazing journey as uh, as as he goes out to sea and sees what he sees. It's going to be amazing. But I just I love you for doing it. 
I love you for following your dreams. I wish more people would find um, ways to do that because I think it's just too easy to get very complacent and, and beaten down by life. It's it's far too easy to let that happen. It really is. And one, you are coming along on a trip. Should you be interested in doing so anytime you want? Permission to board granted. I don't want to be closer to the space station than civilization, though. <laughs> Great. We'll do a we'll do a nice easy day sail in downtown and, and the uh, downtown San Diego will be delightful. Oh yeah. And two, I forgot I forgot what I was gonna say. Oh, uh yeah, the big picture thing in, in the you know, a lot of people escape to the woods to clear their mind or well escaping on the water is also a great way to clear your mind. So so my goal isn't to take people sailing and convert every person into a sailor. The goal is to bring people into this uh think chamber, so to speak, or this 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 unnoisy noisy environment and find clear that noise in their head and find what it is that speaks to them and and go on a trip for two, three, twelve, fifty days or what it be, and but then emerge from that trip changed and ready to take on their own life in in the way that they are meant to take it on. And it doesn't it certainly doesn't and I would be disappointed if it's always failing. I would rather <laughs> yeah. turn out of because then it's just gonna get busy in the marinas that I need to get Wi Fi out of. That's <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> We really need to find other passions to bring people into, and uh, I think I think there's a, a an arm of the company that's that's going to be able to do that when I'm a lot bigger and, and and have a lot more years behind me. Oh sure. Or if you happen to be the one that catches the proof that the megalodon actually does still exist, uh, you <laughs> might not need to worry about money ever again. <laughs> aye, aye, sir. Just bring a really big leash. And constantly on the lookout for mermaids. Ah, uh, yeah, there's another one. If yeah, if you could if you could capture some mermaid footage or all these things that we see on YouTube that people gasp at that are, are clearly not real. Uh, although I have to say, some of them I've been like, wow, that was some really good footage. If if that wasn't real, they deserve some kind of award for the the effect that they put in there because that looks phenomenal. Yeah, the effects that they pulled off, right? <laughs> But I, but I always go in with that eye of, of or uh, yeah eye of skepticism because I just know you know I've been in film long enough to know how easy it is to create these things and now that the technology like uh, there's a, a program called iUFO which is basically designed to make really amazing UFO videos and I'm like well if anything was real how would you ever know how would how would you ever <laughs> define that this wasn't something made by a simple program by you know a 12 year old boy in the basement right right. Oh my gosh, I love it. Yeah. Well, dude, it has been so good to talk to you. I hope everyone has enjoyed this conversation as much as I have. Keep keep pushing, man. Keep going for those dreams because you're making them happen. Will do, sir. And thank you so much for your time and going into extra innings here. Yeah. Well, you know, when the conversation's good, you just got to keep it going. This, this wasn't even uh, any effort whatsoever, which is always my favorite. Thank you, sir. You so much. Keep in touch. Watch his YouTube channel, folks. Let's uh, let's all cheer Tommy on. And on those those nights where he's uh, a little too chilly out in the wharf, let's keep him warm. Mm-hmm. Oh, I like that. <laughs> Thanks, my brother. Come back and uh, keep us posted on how things are going. And uh, we'll talk again soon. All right. right, will do. Take care, buddy.
Cheers, fair winds, and until next time, hold fast. No, I can't say that. That's what the other podcast is, Andy Shell. <laughs> okay, well, what's what's um, we need a tagline for you? Oh, okay. Oh, uh, uh, you know what? I it's well, it's, it's a cop out, not a cop out, but it's what I already have on my website, and that is be well, do good, and see the world differently. Ah, oh, I like that. Yeah, that's good. Keep yeah. that until you come up with something that's even better if you can. That's pretty amazing though. I like it. Yeah, I like this. I see in the future, and I keep dragging this on. We're going to have the longest <laughs> exit ever. But, but uh, I picture in the future of people coming on the podcast, and I want to say, you know how people say incorrect English. is like, oh, hey, man, are you doing good? But I want to say, are you doing good? And someone will say, yeah. But they, we had the conversation beforehand, and I'll say, great, tell me what you're doing. And then the conversation will be about what charity thing or what good kindness, what good things that they're doing right. in the world. And, you know, that would be the reason. So, so yeah, people coming on. So, first, you got to be well. Take care of yourself. You can't yes. do good without being well. So, be well, then do good. And uh, sailing, literally sailing is a way to see the world differently. But going through the experience and watching people or watching people live with very modest means and, and minimally allows, you know, the people who are, you know, using plastic straws and, and, and throwing their plastic dishes away every day into the landfill, just watching it magically disappear from their house. It's a way for them to see the world differently. That's right. And you could call your podcast, the I'm doing good podcast. Uh, you're doing good. I'm doing good. <laughs> yeah. you good. I yeah, like it. I love it. Well, have fun, my brother. We will talk soon. All right. Is this a real goodbye or should I hang on the line? (laughs) (laughs) Well, how can you not get behind a guy that's willing to just take his life and move it out to sea and just have an adventure? I love that. I couldn't do that. It's, it's just not something that I have in me to do. I'm too much of a, I need to get projects in the studio done and I don't really know uh, if I could make it work on a boat. So <laughs> uh, it would certainly make the, uh, you know, the percussion toys, the egg shakers and that uh, probably rattle quite a bit. So, uh, but I wish the best to Tommy and uh, I'll be following his progress. Keep a ch- uh, an eye on his YouTube channel where he'll be uh, showing videos from the road or the, the sea, I guess, as we say. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Haskin Cast podcast. I will be back tomorrow with a very special Thanksgiving episode. So be sure to come back. Stay tuned for that. Thank you guys very much. Have a beautiful holiday and enjoy. Treat each other well and check out all those links. Take care, guys. Cheers. Cheers.